The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. This is the Public Market Advisory Commission meeting. It is April 21st, and it is 532. So next up on the agenda is the roll call. Yes. Um, Stephanie Willette. Present. Are you present? All right. Peter Wolf. Are you present? Yes. Lisa, you are clearly here. 
It looks and like Jeff just are, got on. Yes. We're missing Holly. Um, oh, there's Jeff right there. Right in the nick of time, I was about to call your name for your attendance. So I figured yeah. you're out in the field taking advantage yeah. of the weather. So, yep. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was supposed to rain tomorrow, so time to get in. Yep. Great. Well, welcome. And Holly can't be with us. Um, I think she's out of town. So, all right. So we do have quorum. All right. So the next uh, item on the agenda is the approval of today's agenda. So could I have a motion to approve that? I motion to approve. And any seconds? I uh, second. Great. So the agenda for today is approved. All right. The I guess next... we technically should vote for it, though. We should. <laughs> oh, oh, I thank you, Peter. <laughs> it's Everybody first time out. <laughs> okay. So Just... everybody that approves, either raise your hand or say that you approve. Aye. <laughs> Great. Looks like everybody approves. Motion carries, you can also say. Okay. Motion carried. I'm All sorry, right. I didn't I know, the lingo. My... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am not seeing anyone other than CTN um, in the people participating for public comment, but maybe we can give it a minute um, to see if we have anyone for public comment. Uh, you know, given the niceness of the weather, I'm sure most of the farmers are currently outside. I know I was actually just potting up peppers until like five minutes before the meeting. So we're all in the same boat. All right. I am not seeing any public comment, no raised hands at all. All right. So the next uh, item on our agenda is to approve previous minutes. And Stephanie, I didn't see those. Did I miss them? To item E. Yeah, so that's approval of previous uh, minutes from previous meeting. Um, did I miss those? Did I not see them? I just sent it out um, oh. again. I guess I didn't send it with everything else, but as all of them, they're all available in the same spot um, on Legistar. But I can share my screen with those if people would like. Sure, that would be great. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it came in at 5.16. So yeah, can, sorry I about that. I just realized... I had so many attachments that was not one that got included. So sorry yeah. about that. Um, let me just share my screen. All right. So this is the March minutes um, right here. You can see uh, the call to order was at 531. Everyone was present. And I'll try to just scroll down slowly so that people can read. Tell me when you're ready to go to the next page. I'm good to move on. Good. All right. Good. 
Kan. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. This one's long, <laughs> lengthy. Yeah, you can move down. All right, thanks. All right. Okay. Great. All right. And that should be, that's it. All right. So I actually we... really appreciate the detail in there too. So thank you. Oh. Yeah. I tried to do my, do my best at not being 12 pages long, but uh, I'm trying to document everything. I appreciate yeah. that. Great. So could we have a motion to approve the minutes from the March meeting? Motion to approve. Great. Um, and it looks like Jeff had to drop off. I think he might have, have some connectivity issues when he's out in the tractor. Yeah, <laughs> makes, makes sense. Okay, but so. It's as authentic as we can have for the market commission. Yeah. We still have a farming quorum. While exactly. in attendance. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, raise your hand or say that you approve of the, the minutes. All right, so motion carries. All right, so Great. the next agenda item is regular business. Um, yes, so I can start with that. Um, so facility, I've got some good news about this. Um, we did a walkthrough with uh, Josh and Scott Spooner, who is one of the head uh, park ops people. So does stuff like anything. Um, in terms of the, the improvements to the space. Um, so we did a full walkthrough. They're scheduling when they're going to be doing a power washing of the roof. Um, so that's coming up soon. Uh, we had to identify again, you know, which bird's nests were able to be removed, which were protected species, which we could not be doing that. Um, they hope to have that completed by when Wednesday market starts in May. So any day now, they're just waiting for some nice weather. Um, other parts of that process we were thinking and talking about maybe repainting the posts because um, some of them, the paint's flaking off really bad. Some of them, it's hard to read the numbers um, and then painting back the numbers, maybe larger, maybe in a different color, maybe yellow. It's a little more eye-catching. Um, so that's a portion. So they'll probably be doing that sometime too or soon. And then with that too, uh, replacing the yellow striping 
all around the market. Most of that is kind of chipped and not visible in certain areas. Um, so they'll be redoing that too. Um, not sure if it's all going to be done at the same time or in different phases. Um, but that's stuff that we talked about still in process is new signs that are being fabricated for the interior of the market. Not sure exactly of a timeline on that, um, but all the things that we had talked about before in terms of just infrastructure um, are, we discussed just last week and is moving forward. Um, the tape has been removed. I don't know if I mentioned that. I probably did last time from the floors of the walkways um, and the power washing of that too uh, will be happening when the roof is happening. So all, all systems go um, for infrastructure. We're hoping too that they're gonna clear out some of the gutters uh, before it gets really rainy, especially over by the treed areas, just like the two spots in the market, but you know, the gutters overall can get clogged. Um, so those are all projects that they are working on and are happening soon. Uh, the other piece of my facilities update is that um, we had a meeting with the developer of um, 330 Detroit Street, which is the uh, development that will be going in right across from the market. Um, the good news is the timeline is a little further away um, than they originally thought. And partly that's because they were applying for a brownfield um, application for the <clears throat> brownfield remediation rather with the state of Michigan. Um, and that permitting process takes a little longer. So they said that in the best case scenario, they'd be starting in the fall, um, but more likely it's gonna be starting in the winter or next spring. Um, the downside of that is once it starts, it will be a 24 month um, project. Uh, and what that means for us is that there are certain parking spaces along the Detroit side um, where people will be losing the angling spots um, and they'll be replaced by parallel spots. Again, they said um, that that might not have to be like that for the duration of the whole project. It's pretty much once the construction crane gets moved out of that area and the fence can come down, they'll be able to bring those spots back. Um, but we did talk about how um, job site hours probably won't mesh um, with load in and load out. Um, so that's the good news is that it probably will still be easy for people in that area, relatively easy uh, to unload just like normal. Um, and that shouldn't be that impacted, but they are really willing to work with us on everything. Um, they actually own the building right next door to the market. So they have a unique stake um, in working with us and being a good neighbor. Um, and they know people are really concerned and worried about the disruption of load in. Um, the other issue too, which unfortunately can't be helped is the sound. Um, so we're hoping it's not really going to be that loud during market. Um, Wednesday market though, you know, it's going to be touch and go. We'll see Saturday market. I doubt they'll be working during market hours. Um, but Wednesday market, you know, hopefully it won't be impacted, but it may, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But, you know, I was worried that it was going to be starting this summer. So to me, you know, that's kind of good not kind of, it is good um, that it's not happening right away. Um, and if it does start in the, the winter or even spring, it'll be a lot easier for us to sort of ease into it um, than it to be starting right in the middle of our high season. So, and again, you know, obviously the best case scenario would be not being disrupted at all. Um, but, you know, at least they're including us in the process. They're talking to us. They wanted to have 
vendor feedback. They specifically asked for it and they invited us to their meeting. So I think all of it, um, you know, it's the best possible scenario given the set of circumstances. That's nice that they reached out. Yes. Um, so that's, that's pretty good. And those are the two main updates that I have for um, facility. Great. So the next item is the COVID-19 protocols. Yes. So this one, um, pretty similar to last time, we're still um, having the office be for vendors and staff only. Um, we're still requiring masks in the office for the protection of staff. And this is the main reason too, because we don't have one of those plastic barriers. We don't have like sort of the sneeze guard thing for us interacting with the public. Um, so that's the, the need for us to have that. Um, obviously, you know, the court case ruling that has come down this week might've changed things slightly, um, but that's kind of how we're approaching it still um, until we get some different news because, you know, the case rates are still unfortunately climbing. Um, but with that said, we will be keeping the walk-up window um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I know that we still will have some curbside. Um, I know, for example, Frog Holler will be coming back with their plants on Saturday and they are wanting to do their curbside like they did the last two years. Um, so we figured that would totally work. Um, but other than that, the bathrooms are open to the public. The breezeway is fully open to the public. Um, and everything else is inching back towards uh, maybe what it was before. Again, I wasn't there. I can just assume um, that we're getting closer, but that's where we're at. So pretty similar to last month's update on the COVID. Great, thank you. Um, do any of the other commissioners have any questions about the COVID protocols or anything? Okay, great. So the next item is events. All right. So, you know, as this theme of returning to sort of normalcy, uh, we are having Flower Day again this year. It is May 29th. It will be 10 to 4. Um, we're partnering again with the Sunday Artisan Market. Um, and this year, like in years past, not last year, we are inviting other people to participate from the community. Um, I know we have talked to Office of Sustainability about bringing someone to do pollinator education. They're gonna come talk about their 10,000 trees initiative. Um, we've got live music uh, lined up, the same string quartet as last year. Uh, and we've received, I wanna say like maybe six or seven applications so far. And I know I've talked to other vendors that are interested but just have not applied yet because they have plenty of time um, until uh, the May 15th deadline. So that is exciting. Um, we will also have native plants coming in from the Toledo Zoo will be participating. So that's exciting as well, always to have more native plants. Um, because again, we have a few vendors with a few natives, but that's definitely not something that we have a whole lot of, especially since native plant nursery um, has retired. Um, and then our other big set of events is a food truck rallies are coming back. Um, not the full six cycle as pre-COVID we're doing four this year. Um, partly that was again, easing into it, wanting to not overextend staff. It also uh, is corresponding with when our assistant manager is on his two months off. Um, but, you know, we'll figure it out. 
Um, and we changed it to the third Wednesday of the month instead of the first Wednesday. The main reason for that is we didn't want to compete with the 4th of July holiday or Labor Day. So we just figured it might be easier. It might not be as uh, easy to remember, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so third Wednesday of the month, July, <laughs> excuse me, August, September, and October. And I know people have said the October one, they seem, think might be really late, but you know, people are still out doing pumpkin picking and going to apple orchards and getting cider that time of year. So I think it should totally be fine. Unless it's a really early snowstorm, but let's, let's imagine that that will not happen. Um, but we've already gotten at least seven um, trucks and carts confirmed. I cast a super, super wide net this time. Um, I really wanted to bring in a lot of people that we'd worked with in the past, but then also people that are maybe um, in high demand from customers, people that I've had heard about. Um, so we're hoping to have a really good amount. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Cautiously optimistic that we'll get back to the, the regular size of what it was pre-pandemic. Um, and, you know, we're sort of on a good, good head start for that. So, but that's all I got right now. Oh, actually, um, that's one more, sorry. Um, and then the pumpkin, the glass blowing pumpkin people um, that used to happen in early October, they stopped by on Saturday and they are back and they want to um, bring that event back as well. So that is, uh, the, and it will be the same weekend uh, as Oktoberfest, which is the, the new event that was last year um, run by the same people that run the art fair. Sorry, go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, very exciting. Um, glad to see some events getting back in the swing of things. Uh, just some quick thoughts before I forget. For Flower Day, um, we learned it was important to just make sure the new outside vendors knew that it was producer only. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, with clear communication on that. And um, yeah, that was the main thing just excited to see some back and in like for next year or whenever um to consider as well i know our may picture rally was always the biggest one um which was weird because it was the first one but i think the student like when the students are in town they yeah sure so, um that's yeah also a good thing but it's nice that those will be you know back uh, this summer well wow. yeah so I like all the crossover for the flower day too. I think that's going to be a really exciting event. Yeah, it's really well. I mean, the artisan market loves it too, because it brings more people to their event. Um, we've also had a preliminary meeting with um, Main Street Association, <clears throat> excuse me, Carytown District Association, um, and that they've pretty much said, how can we support you this year? Um, can we raise awareness in whatever way? Um, can we connected and I know they've done it before they've connected it to local businesses having you know flower themed sales and things like that um so we've definitely had conversation with them as well so and I know Alex has reached out um to the library they are doing a brand new seed library and seed package thing this year so we're hoping maybe that would be a really great way to incorporate them and maybe see um, if there can be some kids events, I know Jenny, our assistant manager has talked about maybe wanted to do seed balls with kids or um, pressing of dried flowers or things like that, that we could make it pretty easy, um, low impact event uh, to get kids involved too. 
but we're iron, ironing out those details still. All sounds great. Um, any other comments? All right, so our next um, item is to talk about the sign-in uh, process rules change. And Stephanie, I wanna thank you for sending us all the information before the meeting. That was really, really helpful. Sure, no problem. So um, as you could see, there was sort of the two drafts. There was the one that was the sign-in process and the parking. And the only thing I added to that one was the notarization because I figured that was super easy. And then the other one was just kind of an overhaul that I just started um, just in terms of inclusive language and other things um, that I mentioned that we might want to talk about as well. I'm sure we should start though with the sign-in process since we've been talking about that the longest um, and have the most feedback on that. So I did a few edits. Um, most of the edits were to be incredibly clear on like what the exact process is in terms of when the email gets sent out, how that works, um, all the different options for how people can sign in. Um, so that's just sort of based on wanting to be as clear as possible. I didn't really change anything per se. It's more that I added things um, to make it, you know, even more detailed. And I also didn't want to make it written in the rules, you know, like you need to sign up, send the email out by this time and then have a, a week where that's not possible, especially for people that might be in this role after me. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. So that's why it's written in that way. Um, the edits that I made, the stuff that's highlighted in purple on that particular one. And just for clarification too, that for the electronic sign-in, you've been doing that for now, how long? I did, it's been going it's on for a couple years. It's gonna be two years, years um, okay. next month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It seems like yeah. where's it's the time new. go? Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like, do I really call it the new sign-up process? Should that be in quotes? <laughs> I was, but I <laughs> so, but yes, two years coming up soon. Um, I yeah, I really liked how clear it was. Um, for that piece of it, you know, you when you, they need to sign up, when you would be sending the map out, how to sign up. Um, I thought all that was really great. Um, and I like that. Um, the only thoughts or suggestions I would have um, for that first part was um, after taking out the whole piece about choosing your spot in order seniority, it seemed like we might have lost just like the basic um, premise of um, that just annual vendors may decide to go in their own cells um, that have been previously attended to them. Um, and then if they would like to change, then they can change in order of seniority. And then dailies get to select, just like basically that part where it kind of laid out what's going on. Um, I'm not sure, maybe could be a little clearer. Like it, it was, it is already happening and going on. It's just um, for sure. future managers who didn't know the previous process. Um, 
So like if vendor annual vendors want to change their stall, they can select from the remaining available stalls, um, but they have to let you know ahead of time. And then yeah. daily vendors in order of seniority. Um, and also just the case of them letting you know their preference um, and you attempting to give them their preference ahead of time. I know it's not possible all the time, but I think um, just part of a sentence, part in, in there saying like, manager will attempt to give vendors their preference of location to the best of your ability. Um, something. Anyways, yeah. just, I thought that might've been a little bit lost. After taking it out, I'm not sure what other people think, but you can read it over and see if you think it's clear enough already. Um, and then a little suggestion on the word change for um, the part that says any remaining available stall shall be assigned. Do you see where I'm reading that? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any remaining available stalls shall be assigned to the vendors. Um, maybe clarifying that if any remain any remaining unassigned available stalls. Um, just because one of the questions that had come up before was like, you know, what if a vendor shows up and hasn't told you that they're gonna show up in the morning and you want their um, normal stalls and you didn't know they were coming so um, any remaining like unassigned stalls help clarify that piece um, yeah that's all I had for that the first part and then I had a couple of comments about the presentation but if anyone else wants to go yeah that's helpful thanks Actually, Stephanie, that raised one of the questions that I had in the, the old rules where it all happened physically. There was a, a time slot for um, people had to be there and then they waited for their stalls to be assigned, but it actually was assigning um, the move in and then sequencing when the unassigned stalls um, were assigned then. And I, I didn't know in the new rules if um, missing some of that sequencing, not having the sequencing there laid out in some way, if that was going to cause a problem. So it's more of a question um, about, it, it seems like people liked um, in their comments knowing what stalls they had, but um, there's no then discussion about when people can move, move in. Um, and so I didn't know if that that sort of timing sequencing would be beneficial to not entirely bring back, but at least spell out how the sequence should happen. And that's like I said, it's a question um, to all yeah. of you. So now it's not a sequence, right? All we tell them is that we encourage you to get there 30 minutes before market. Um, that's sort of what it is now is that we want people to be arriving by either 7.30 or 6.30, depending on what time of year we're talking about. Um, um, but as long as people are set up and ready by the time market starts, that's pretty much where we're at. And I think people knowing where they're going to be 
has impacted sometimes when people show up. So people know, oh, if they're going to be in a higher traffic area or it might be harder to do load in, they might get there a little earlier. If they know it's an easier just show up spot, they'll get there a little later. I don't necessarily think there's really been any um, confusion per se in terms of that. But again, maybe that's not everyone's perspective. Um, but but maybe I could put something in like vendors are required to arrive by you know 30 minutes before market but again sometimes that's not always possible car trouble running late forgot something i mean there's always going to be something coming up um so that's sort of why i didn't put it in but we could put something like that in um easily i would be um i my preferences would be not to add anything about the sequencing um i feel like it is easier um, figure out like Stephanie was saying based on where you know you're going to be if you know you're going to have access how much product you have how much time it's going to take to load and unload are all factors um, in when you get there um, which are make more of a difference than where your seniority is on the list in my opinion yeah all right thanks for that thanks just wanted clarification Jeff did you have anything yeah I think Personally, I think it's probably the only thing I could think of would be it, it's always been in the rules that you had to be there before market started. And I think it might get kind of carried away. Some people might get carried away with it. I understand there's emergencies, but I think that maybe there should be something still put in there that if you're going to be in there after that, then they need to call you so that you know what's going on, just so that everyone's on the same page. And it's not like, oh, well, Jeff usually doesn't get here till 10 o'clock. So, and I know I'm being, I'm exaggerating here, but, <laughs> but things could get carried out of control like that. And I think yeah. it's just kind of important. That would be a nice rule to replace. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, it's not that we're not telling people. Like, when I do send the email, I know you know this, but um, when I send the email out, I do say it's, like, in the first line, you know, that we expect people to get there by 30 minutes before market. Um, and, yeah, so it's just an open question whether or not we should put it in the official rules or if that's just part of the vendor handbook um, and part of, you know, conversations we have directly with vendors that aren't as you know, official and not able to be changed without um, council vote. And a different way to do that too would be to essentially say that if, if stalls that are not occupied 30 minutes before market begin will be reassigned, will be assigned to people who are coming in. And it doesn't say you have to be there whenever you can be there wherever you want, but you risk the running, having your stall being assigned out from under you. is. <laughs> Or something like that. That could be a way to have it implicitly be in there. Because if someone, if that's what you're actually trying to enforce, or if it's they'll be assigned, at what point will they be reassigned? And that spending a time might implicitly pull the rest of that along in terms. Of, and maybe 30 minutes is too early. Maybe 15 minutes or at market start. If someone's, if it's an empty stall, it's an empty stall, and it will be assigned to anyone else who wants one. Um, and that just making that the the point for free for all or point for transition. I don't know if that causes a lot of chaos on your side, but that would incentivize people to arrive in a timely fashion, or else their, your seat will be reassigned. <laughs> it's like movie tickets. In terms of if you don't show up at this time, your seat may be... I know it's difficult to reassign so close to market starting because um, everyone's kind of in their place. 
But I yeah. think another way we've talked about doing that is, you know, a three strikes and then you have some sort of consequence. So if there's somebody who's chronically late, they know that um, after they're late so many times, then they, there's a penalty. And that could also discourage people from getting there late. My whole reasoning for, for, for even thinking it should be there, my only thought is I think it's important that we're, we're represented as a market as a whole. Like, let's say someone comes to market, for, and this is just a business me thinking this. If someone comes to market for the first time, they bring their family down and they show up at 8 o'clock, they're like, oh, the market starts at 7 or 8, you know, and they get there at 8 o'clock and the market's only half full, which wouldn't happen immediately, but it could go that way eventually, then they're going to be like, oh, well, this isn't much of a market. You know, there's only 10 people set up, you know, you know what I mean? I just, I think it's, I think it's important to, if we're going to, if someone's going to commit to the market, they, that they show up and, and get set up on time. Um, I do know that there's, like I said, there's, there's times when, when it can't happen and there's always a uh, circumstance like that, but it, it shouldn't be the same people all the time. I don't, I don't feel, and that's, that's my only thought. So I guess the question is, should this be part of the, the market rules or as Stephanie suggested that it's part of the, the um, uh, um, handbook. yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the Sorry. time of the day, my, the words are uh, missing me. So uh, yeah, so I, so I'd like people to, should we continue with the market rules or should it be part of the handbook? And I think it, that might make sense for it being the handbook in that way. That does, I think that sounds like where it's leaning. I guess the only thing that does, I, I guess me, I didn't see it in there is when do you reassign the, um, if there's, if someone's not arrived, when do you just declare it unarrived and re and give, free up that spot for someone if they want it. Is there actually a process or is it is it kind of ad lib? Um, right now, there's not really a process just because there's not really that much demand. I mean, people already know where they're going to be for the most part. Um, so it's not like it was in the past where someone wants to upgrade to a different area. Um, mm -hmm. They're sort of already in that zone. The only time is if, you know, I, it's a tough one, you know, because sometimes it really depends on the person, you know, if it's 630 and someone says so-and-so is not here, are they coming? I know immediately if they're coming or not, right? Because either they've called me, they've left a message, they've emailed, or this is a regular routine for this vendor and they're coming from a really far, you know, far distance. So they're always there at like 632 or something like that. Um but yeah, because we are pre-assigning the day before, there's not really as much need um, for that as there was in the past. And what you're saying too, is there's not a lot of flexibility for reshifting once people are established that it's kind of hard. Most people are not flexible to change up anyway, even if they did, an opportunity did arise. I mean, it depends on the time of year. You know, sure. right now it's still pretty easy to say, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not, I don't really like this spot. I want to go over there. I'm like, mm -hmm. no problem. But mm -hmm. if it's, May through October, it's probably not happening. <laughs> Just to be quite honest. And what we did do, I can't remember, Stephanie, if this got piece got taken out or if it's still in there. Um, 
before the ability to shift yourself in the middle of the market day in order of seniority if one becomes available. It's still there. It says any remaining available stalls and parking shall be assigned based on seniority, starting with annual vendors and then daily vendors. And then, and then it still has something about like if they show up without signing in, then they're just going to get what an unassigned available spot. Right. So that part's all still in there. That seems good. Yeah, that that clarifies things. So I think it it sounds like we're we're it's it's moving along. I, I just want to uh, stop and ask for Stephanie and Jeff, if any of the vendors have um, suggested any problems, is there something that we need to talk about with any hiccups that have happened to think about? Is there anything that needs to be tweaked on the, the rules to, to, uh, in terms of any issues that have have come up from the vendors, uh, not really anything. You know that we haven't discussed. I, I haven't really heard anything lately, so I think it it, it is going to take some time to get. There's probably still a couple bugs that we might not even ran into yet that that are going to need to be worked out. But I think. As a whole, <clears throat> I think it's, it's working out. It's, it's moving along. I, yeah, like Jeff said, I think there are some bugs. They think it makes sense to maybe um, come back and revisit this at some point in the future um, to make sure it's still working well for us. But, um, you know, as long as the stuff is clear um, so far, the process has been really nice, mostly. Um, and then we're talking about parking later, right? I did have a couple uh, thoughts on that too. Okay, so uh, Stephanie, do you feel good about where you're at? And uh, even though this won't go to the, the whole city now, um, do you feel like you have at least a, a, um, a, a thing that you can say to new vendors as they come, this is now, uh, the the instructions on on the sign-in process. Yeah, and you know, I have already updated the vendor handbook, so I've been giving them that, but it's also really just helpful to have saying like, this is the specific rules too. Um, it's yeah. not just a practice. So yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think um, Stephanie's point about just sort of like, just the language of saying like, we'll do our best to um, make sure everyone's preferences are honored within reason or you know, as much as possible based on seniority, I think is an important thing to add in. Um, and then just adding that language of unassigned available stalls, uh, not just available stalls, I think would be helpful. Um, but then, yeah, I think we're really close to being able to have a final draft for submission. I guess um, on that. Oh. I, think a good way, I think a good way to look at it, I kind of feel like it's gone from a temporary COVID deal but now it's kind of like in the trial stages of it's, it's moving along i guess is what i'm saying so i wouldn't look at it so much as any more of this is because of covid but more of we're trying it out now <laughs> this is the new normal <laughs> yeah um, Stephanie, i had a quick question about the process um 
after we've kind of gotten the language down, um, were you sending out like a final draft to all, planning on sending out a final draft to all the vendors before like we do the yes. submission to council and stuff? Okay, cool. Yep, and I'll try to just do it as a paper copy that I'll just hand out during market so that it's accessible to everyone. Also, as I asked too, was what's the kind of the path and process for actually getting it actually consolidated and approved versus just kind of staying in limbo? It's we've had limbo rules for quite a while, and we will revisit it too. Even once it's approved, it will it, it may change again in the next few years. But yeah, it's, it's nice to actually get something kind of put to rest and then be able to move on. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think all we need to do is once we have the final draft that's approved by the vendors, then we just present. Uh, a memo to city council for them to vote on the changes at, as something that you all recommended. And then, then it should be um, finalized. Great, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it, just anything else about the, the um, sign-in operating rules, anything like that? Um, There's also so parking. The okay. section on parking, yeah. yeah. That could yep. be to be in that. Um, oh, so um, I know there's disagreement about um, about if a stall actually belongs to the parking spot. Um, but I, in reading just what Stephanie sent out, there were a couple clarifications I had questions on that might help. Um, so the question of if an annual vendor decides not to use their assigned pre-assigned stalls, um, whether or not they still get their parking spaces that they prepaid for um, and where those would be. Because I think there's potential to interpret it as um, they still get the parking spaces that they usually have behind their annual stall but if someone else is in the annual stall do they still get to park there and then they're like even though they moved and decided to pick a different spot um, that was kind of unclear I wasn't sure yeah um, that is a good question and yeah a lot of it is I'm not sure what the answer is either so okay <laughs> so I didn't know if we, yeah if we wanted to um I think it would help to either say like that piece of it, if you decide to move, your parking is now up to the discretion of the manager instead of like assuming that yeah. they might assume that they get that spot all the time or, or not, maybe that is what you want. Um, but yeah, that was a question. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and I think it really becomes important when there's vendors that because of them shifting away from their regular stalls and parking behind them, it becomes very obstructive and then it makes it so that other people can't park, um, which sort of has happened over the last couple of weeks um, with Gracias not being in their regular stalls. They will be moving to their regular stall tomorrow or Saturday, jumping ahead a day. Um, but you're right. I think that is a question that a lot of people had and it did make it difficult for me um, to make the map because here I was thinking I had all these other parking spaces that then not ceased to exist because of the way the truck um, was behind their tent. So right. I think that's a great 
point and something that needs to be revisited. Okay. And sorted um, out. Um, yeah. And just personally speaking, I think it would be easier if, okay, you did pay ahead of time for a parking spot. You still get a parking spot, but it may not be where it usually is behind your sign stall. Like maybe we put it over here behind the stall that you selected or something. Um, yeah. Yep. And, um, and I, you know, and I'm not against people having the parking spots behind their stalls. I just worry that if we make it a rule, then the over 50% of stalls that don't have any parking, you know, that's going to create this other like hierarchical situation. I can see that causing a lot of upsetness, especially as some of the produce vendors that currently have two stalls, what happens when they get the third stall? You know what I mean? Like, then that's truly just what I was worrying about because, you know, like on a good day, we have maybe 89 total parking spots. And we already have many, many vendors that have three and maybe even four stalls that take up that many spots. So that's kind of where like I get stuck is I don't really know, um, you know, how to put that into a rule without in the future making this an even more um, giant headache. <laughs> than it already uh, can be. Um, I, yeah, I definitely get it. I, I still think um, the, the parking should go with the stall, but I do get the, the issue and I wonder if it would help to somewhere put in writing either in the rules or in the orientation um, that you are just another piece, like we're going to try to give you the spot behind yourself to use for storage or for parking. Um, or we're going to try to give you up to two of those places and then maybe reassign the last one or, you know, whatever you have found has been working better yeah. for you. Um, because, well, right now it doesn't say um, at all okay. that you were going to yeah. try to, to match yeah. that. Um, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's never been in the rules. I think some people think that it is a rule and some people have never heard of it. And I think that's also where the confusion comes from, um, is that it was maybe a practice, but it was never written down anywhere as something we had to follow. So I think that's also part of the confusion. Yeah, for sure. That's all I, I had on her. Yeah. So I never use a back install. And um, so, I mean, this isn't anything personal that affects me. Um, per se, I just wanted to mention that I do think that the, all the all the back installs, I do. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong here, but I think that they're actually smaller than the stalls like on Detroit Street, like my stalls. Are they smaller per square? Is there less square footage than a regular stall? They're not equal. I mean, there's all different sizes all over the place, unfortunately. Like for example, over by the Carrytown entrance. They repainted all of those. So it might seem like there's everyone gets a parking spot behind their stall, but I think there's like one fewer that just doesn't fit in there. Um, so that area is super tight. But then, you know, over by the long aisle by 4th Street, I mean, those are pretty big. Um, but then over by the market office, also really hard to maneuver in. So it really just depends on, you know, where in the parking lot we're talking about to make things even more confusing. Yeah. That, that, that's my only concern is for people who get a back install um, if they didn't have the spot behind them, which I don't know 
now it gets real messy as far as, well, I want that spot, but only if I can have the, the, the salt, the parking behind it. I'm sure you're going to get yeah. your fair share of that. Um, sure. so be ready for that. But uh, um, I, so I don't know really know what the answer is, but I do know that there's not a, some of those stalls seem like they're pretty tight. And I just, yeah. wanted, to, just wanted to add that. Yeah, you're totally right. And again, you know, in a perfect world, I would love to give everyone the stall behind them. It's just realistically, we have way more people that want a parking spot or need a parking spot for product um, than we have. So it's just, I feel like in that sense, we're a little bit constrained um, in making this an official policy, at least how it has been. But, you know, I, there could be other solutions that I'm not thinking of and that we're, we haven't thought up yet, um, but I feel like that's the real issue um isn't it's not just like we have five fewer we probably have like 30 fewer stalls than we need for parking our spots parking spots at least and that doesn't even include new people i think my question is just thinking of like worst case scenario for us we come to market and have two stalls um and can't use any of the space behind the stalls because that's needed for parking um then you know that's just not enough space and so i think that's yeah just that's the concern so and i know you work with vendors to like try and okay you have a lot of products so we're gonna make sure you have that space behind you which is really great but if it comes down to like everybody getting a parking spot or there being space um for for the product i think yeah. that's the fear like as a vendor um, that I'm not going to have that. And so, yeah, that's just what I would worry about. Yeah. And I totally get that. I mean, part of the reason I like doing the Ipsy market, you just pull right up to yourself. <laughs> um, and that's not a parking spot issue. I really wonder if there's some way we could maybe partner with community high on that lot, or if there's some other way that we can have kind of overflow and have a priority where for people that would like a parking spot, but it's not a requirement in terms of you don't need it for the operation of your business. Um, maybe we could create some sort of priority system, but that's also when it gets confusing because that might clash with the seniority process. Um, you know, and then like, who is to say that somebody that really, really needs parking, like, are they just not gonna be able to participate because they're too far down seniority um, and they don't qualify for, you know, one of these stalls. So these are all questions that I have. And it is really that same type of thinking, like the worst case scenario, you know, like, would we be turning new vendors away um, if they need a guaranteed parking um, specifically for, you know, if they have meat and need a cooler or if they need a back install or something, um, are we really shooting ourselves in the foot like that? Because we can't guarantee that. Um, for new vendors? These are all questions that I have that I don't know the answer to as of right now. So just to summarize some of the ideas, um, Stephanie, do you think it's uh, worth considering putting in the market operating rules uh, some acknowledgement that, uh, that you as the market manager will attempt to work with the vendor um, to get them a parking space close to the stall where they are. And it, it wouldn't commit you to it, but it would acknowledge that that is one of the things that, that 
is is a, a possible priority um, when making decisions about the the space and how the space gets allocated. I just worry about again having something written like that because over fifty percent of the stalls have no parking. Um, so then what if someone says, oh, well, it says in here that I wanted to be as close as possible and I'm nowhere near my stall, you know, like, I just, I don't know. There's just so many things that I worry about with that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have something. I just worry that if there's something like that, that sort of guarantees parking for everybody, when we know that over 50% of the stalls, like, that doesn't exist and there's nothing we can do to make it exist. Um, I just think, you know, we might be setting ourselves up for a lot of vendors to be upset. Yeah, so it wouldn't be a statement guaranteeing. It would just say that that is, is something that, that the market manager would consider. Um, but I, I guess I wonder from the others if that, that'll open up a can of worms or, you know, like you said, there's nothing about that in the, the parking rules. Would it be worth adding something to just acknowledge um a, a, you know not committing to anything but acknowledging that, that that is one of the things that is can be considered so or maybe we can just have something as vague as like we do our best to um acknowledge and try to work with vendor preferences both in terms of stall assignment and parking i mean maybe that is really the solution because Everyone's got just such a diversity of needs um, where it's really our farmers that are the ones that need the most parking. You know, that's just the reality. Um, they have higher volume of product. They have larger items. Um, so who knows? Maybe that needs to be put in there too, you know, that maybe producers get priority. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but I think we could put something in there saying that, you know, market staff will do their best to accommodate the preferences of the vendor or, you know, something like that might help. I think that sounds great. Write that down. Okay. All right. I guess I have one question too about just kind of a structural question because you were saying that there are more parking spaces assigned than, or there's more parking demand than um, available sites. Yes. And so I, I guess I think like I was looking at the sign-in thing, and it's like you, right now, like every every uh, space for vending has a number and is all defined, but that sounds like that's not true for the parking. And so is that, is it kind of like that we have like people want 150 stalls and we only have a hundred stalls or is it, is, is that kind of the equivalent thing that's happening or is, yes. and what, so that people are not getting their parking that they are like, we've over like oversold the amount of parking that we actually can provide. Yeah. On a good day, we have 89 mm -hmm. total spots. In terms of the people that signed up for the on the survey, there was at mm -hmm. least a hundred, a hundred and one or something people. That's how many spots that we would have needed, and not not everybody even did the survey. Um, so yes, we are that far off of the mark in terms of like desired parking and what we actually offer. Um, and unfortunately, it's just going to get tighter um, as we lose 
street parking for that duration of that development and also as this, the other parking lot gets converted to housing um, across the other way. So this is a, a thing that, you know, it's hard now um, and it's gonna get harder. So that's really where I'm coming from when I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, whether or not we should put these things into the rules and why I'm hesitant to have something that's that spelled out um, because I know that it's not possible for many people. Because I guess the other question would be if it were just kind of like stalls in the sense of if it would be that like, hey, I'm seniority, whatever, and I have X number of parking spaces and X number of, of stalls, and I request these parking spaces and these stalls and then work through that list. It sounds that's like that's pretty that much doesn't... how they already do it. Okay. Well, that's already what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that there's also, well, I feel like, you know, we should be we can encourage vendors not to park in the market. Like I, I think that it's, there's definitely lots that are close by and after you unload, you can, or like a side street and you can park there after, um, which frees up some space as well. And I think it's, you know, important. Yeah, like for us, you know, sure, we'd prefer to park there, but um, also happy to find a spot outside of the, the market lot um, if it means that there's more space for product. So I won't, I'm not going to mention any names about any, anything bad, but I want to compliment. Uh, I like uh, Ratterman, I think it is. He brings his trailer. And then also uh, Renegade. Um, another one is uh, Lake Divide. Um, mm -hmm. They all contribute very good to the market. And I, I really like how, you know, you see them, they unload, and then I don't know where they park at but they figured something out and uh my concern would be you know it might get to the point where people understand that they they can get a stall at the market but we don't have any parking available right now and that's something that again you'd have your seniority that you work your way up to um but i think that if everyone came to market and set up and stephanie as well sorry i, I she doesn't park on the market either usually um but I think it's important that uh, if we all came to market and parked all our trucks and stuff at the market, like everyone parked there, um, there wouldn't be anywhere for customers to park. And I think it would really hurt business. That, that, that would be, you know, I don't know what the correct answer is 100% because it is not easy to find spots around there, but it is, it is doable. Um, might have to walk a little ways or, you know, it, it's tough. But I, I want to compliment those people because I feel like it, it really helps the market. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for all those inputs. Um, Stephanie, the one other thing I was wondering is in the handbook that goes out to the, the vendors, um, is there a section that also says, you know, uh, there might not be parking right by your stall, but here are other places where um, it's possible for you to park just to help people figure out what that that might be. And that's actually where potentially the, the parking at community, you know, there might be some sort of relationship or as Peter brought up several times ago, there's that that. Um, lot that's part of a church I think that's that's if you know where it is you can find parking there but otherwise it's kind of mysterious and I have to say all the students from community that drive know where that parking is so they 
they already parked there anyways. Um, but I, I didn't know if that, that might also um, help some of the stress about parking if there were uh, places where it's like, these are, these are places you might try to, to find parking or just even a map where there, there might be other places for people or vendors to park. Yeah, I mean, we definitely tell them about the courthouse lot, but that one also gets filled pretty quickly. Um, and really, I'm not sure what the status currently is of the community lot. I don't know if it's even open for customers right now. The signage makes it seem like it's not. Um, so I really still need to do some research in terms of that. Um, but that is certainly something I talk about when I do orientation with all new vendors. Yeah. Because I know, too, in years past, that was an issue where a lot of the vendors coming, they come from a fair ways away. They don't know Ann Arbor and also that they come from yeah. smaller communities too. So they're kind of, a lot of the micros like, ah, you know, traffic here is horrible and I don't know where to park. I just try to get somewhere and like, um, and so giving a little bit of guidance of if you just turn right instead of left, it's like one block. There's a massive parking structure there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also a full list with maps on our website as well. And that's not specifically geared towards vendors, but they could easily use that too. Great. Anything, anything else that we need to talk about with parking or anything else that's, that's come up? I just want to mention that, Stephanie, you had said in the email um, some of the other issues, and not to resolve this, but just to sort of think about how to move forward on these. You had mentioned something about um, clarity on the seniority, the seniority process. And then the other thing you'd mentioned is the transfer of seniority specifically. Oh, transfer of seniority. Sorry, yeah. I missed that. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, and I think we can we can think about maybe talking about that the, during our next meeting. And then the other thing was um, in terms of the definition of producer only. And I went back through my notes because I was like, I remember us talking about it. And yes, we did talk about it a lot in February yes. of 2020. So um, did we want to put that on the list of things uh, for moving moving forward on that in future meetings, like I said, since we only have a mm -hmm. few more meetings, to, a few more times together. Yes, that would be great for the May meeting. I can put that on the agenda. Okay, because yeah, uh, Stephanie Willett had started us to walk us through that process before the pandemic hit. Yep, and I know we've I've spoken with her about this before, and I also know that the inspector, she's interested in being part of those conversations again too. Um, because again, she's the one who is really enforcing these rules during her inspections. So yes, that would be great for moving forward to that. Perfect. Anything else? Nope. Okay, so our next item is any new business that wasn't on the, the agenda. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to bring up? Nope. All right, then we're moving on to the second public comment. Um, if there are, are any um, other folks that would like to make a comment. I am not seeing any. I'm just seeing CTN is the only attendee other than us right now. Okay, great. So just a summary so we all remember. Um, so if next time before the meeting, if, if you could send us the notes of where we ended up, 
um, yep. in February of 2020 with a producer only. And then uh, anything else that you um, wanted us to talk about in terms of clarifying the changes in seniority, the transfer of seniority, um, that would be great. Are there any other issues that we want to, to think about? That's a big, big chunk. Okay. Busy with that. Right. Okay, good. All right, so we are to adjournment. And yep. I can't remember, do we have to do seconds? No, nope. <laughs> <Okay>. nope. no <laughs> votes required. <laughs> All right. Well, so it's 637 and I'd like to thank all you guys and I, we got a lot done. So thanks very much. And I will see you next month unless I see you beforehand. Well, see you, everyone else at the market on Saturday. It's going to be 80 degrees. So summer in April. Crazy. It's great. After snow. Yeah.